Hey world, this is Jamie, host of the Jamie and Genty Show. Broadcasting live each week on Tuesday at 12 p.m. from Fishbowl Studios. Log on to hear sports talk from basketball to football and view your feedback on the biggest sports news you want to talk about from around the world. So be sure to log on each week Tuesdays at 12 p.m. to catch the Jamie and Genty Show. Hope to see you soon. On Fishbowl Radio Network. Jump in. Welcome to the Beyond the Game podcast on Fishbowl Radio. My name is Jamie, and welcome, everyone. Um, it's Tuesday. What's today? Tuesday, November the 14th, 2023. And welcome. Nice to see everyone here. So, sorry about that. We were just working the technical difficulties of everything else. So, we're good. All right. So, nothing, nothing too shady about the weekend other than... And then, there was a lot of breaking news this past weekend that, I, that we're going to address. Not with me, but like with all the college football uh, sphere. To the point where I was angry at one, but I was happy at one. Well, I was a little bit happy at the other. So. Further ado, let's start with the Cowboys. You know, obviously they got a bounce back win against the uh, Giants, right? Forty-nine to seventeen was the final score on Sunday, and this is this is the team you have to beat. Are we are we going to continue to beat bad teams? I haven't seen a team that we get we have even we have even beaten yet that that are winnable I'm sorry have a winning record the Giants are going through it and for those Giants fans that are listening out there including my friend Brandon who who was my college roommate you guys are in a role of trouble you're literally in trouble and your franchise needs to change but the quarterback for this game Tommy DeVito we don't even know who this kid is you know, I was going through, I didn't even investigate this guy. I had to hear the radio of his name and see what he can do on the field. And I was like, man, this quarterback, this is not his fault. He just got there and he, he just started to, he's, he, he wasn't accommodated to the playbook early, which is why he struggled this game. But then again, he went 14 for 27 for 86 yards, two touchdowns and interception. Now you do two touchdown passes. Not sure why. Well, I don't know how. Maybe, but it was in garbage time. And I just feel like he's not ready. I feel like he's not ready for the moment. But then again, it's his first game. You got to get more games under your belt so that you can feel you can feel the pressure under you. That's so how you can feel the game coming to you. Um, he was pressured more than ten. He was sacked five times. So, so it felt like the Cowboys were going out there almost every possession because of the damage off of the line that the Giants have. Literally damage. But he couldn't maneuver and couldn't get out of the pocket the way he, he was supposed to do. So, you got it. So, the Giants got to fix their offensive line. Maybe get some players. Maybe get some players from the draft or free agency. Because those guys cannot block. 
But then again, he didn't beat us. So I'm good with that. 86 yards passing, I'm fine. But was Dak, Dak, 26 for 35 for three, for four, four or four, sorry, 404. I didn't want to say three. Four or four, four touchdowns and an interception. He literally controlled the line of scrimmage. He kept calling a lot of audibles at the line to the point where I, I kind of liked it, but, but there was one play where he threw an interception, which he should have never done. He should have, he changed the run to a pass because the, the, the Giants were, were, were diffusing him at the line of scrimmage. So that's why he, that's why for that change. Um, he loves his receivers. And also, uh, the placement of the ball is where it's supposed to be. And he scored a touchdown. But the conversation that was deemed to me yesterday was, well, actually two conversations. One today, one yesterday. I heard Jerry's conference, uh, Jerry, Jerry talk this morning. Yeah, it was kind of rare for me to get to be on Jerry's side this morning. He was talking about... Dak being the MVP conversation, I mean that that's a tough that's a tough pill to sw- to swallow because you know we're six and three right now. Dak he's been on fire the last four games. I mean he's been he's been. I think the Cowboys have to win more a few more games for him to to give him an MVP chance. Yeah. I mean, I, if I was choosing the MVP right now, I'll probably give it to the rookie in Houston, CJ Stroud. Because you, you took a team that won two games last year. Now they're they're five and four. Was in playoff striking. This is a bet yet. Yeah, division, well, not even a division a title, but was in what well, was in wild card status, and uh, and now you got them where they need to be. All you need to do is get a quarterback, get two of our best players, which with uh, Dalton Schultz and Noah Brown, which I told someone yesterday, Noah Brown needs to fit. He needed to fit in the offense. The Cowboys' offense didn't fit Noah Brown last year. But he goes to Houston. He's balling out in Houston. And so, but nonetheless, that, that would be my pick right now. It's too early, but I want to see the play improve. Well, I want to see him be consistent. I'm talking about Dak, and, and we'll, we'll and we, we will re- revisit this conversation. I want Dak. I want the team to win at least maybe 13 games for me to put him in the MVP conversation. I think it's just too early for that. But now, let's hear from your quarterback, Dak Prescott. I think you have an audio of that. Let's hear from him. <clears throat> no, I wouldn't say it was tough to focus. I mean, I've talked about it week after week. This is the NFL. Those guys get paid. Those guys uh, hopefully love this game and, and put the same preparation and work into it. Uh, so. You've got to, you know, prepare the same way, stay focused the same way, and then go out there and try to handle business. Um, and not only that, it was game one, right? I mean, obviously they haven't had probably the season they'd look forward to, but that being game one until now, there's probably things that, you know, they pictured maybe maybe go better, this, this, and that, that, yeah, we, we 
we came in with the same focus as we normally would. Obviously, um, didn't score on that first drive, but but, but got momentum going. Um, and uh, yeah, we're ready to go. We're ready to play, and and we'll continue to do that. As I've talked about, this is about us. This is about us running our own race. And you know, what, no matter what the score is, the other opponent, what they're going through, what's tough uh, tough for them, young quarterback, whatever. We're, we're trying to build. We're trying to build and, and become a better team. And as I said, show our best performance and best versions of ourselves each week. Dak, shout out to the ESPN. You've outscored them by 72 points this year. Is that unfathomable in some sort of way? It's the most in team history. Yeah, I was about to say, it's got to be a record, uh, I'm sure. Um, the points that we put up in two games, obviously, and credit our defense, uh, them holding them to, what, 17 in two games. I mean, um, hard to do, hard to do in this league, hard to do against a division opponent, somebody that you see twice. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, but that's that's not something, you know, it's not a goal we went after, not something that we're trying to, you know, make sure we do this. Uh, obviously, we wanted to handle them for the, you know, second second time this season and um, just happened to be in that manner with that many points and, and the defense playing as well as they did. Unfortunate uh, circumstances for them, young quarterback, but he, he made some plays at times and, um, yeah, so, I mean, good for us. So, anyways, that's your quarterback, Dak Prescott. I agree with everything he, that he has said. And we'll see where this goes with Mr. Prescott. Like I said, I'm not putting him in the conversation right now as far as to being the MVP. But sooner rather than later, he will be there. Number two. Receiver room in Dallas. Now, what is going on in that receiver room? You got Brandon Cooks, who went 9 for 173 on a touchdown. C.D. Lamb, obviously, balling out. Uh, C.D. Lamb went 11 for 151 and a touchdown. Michael Gallup went 2 for 70 and a touchdown. Now, Michael Gallup, is he back? Is he back? You just needed to score a touchdown to get to where you need to go. To to I'm sorry, not get to where you need to go, but to zero-rate confidence in yourself again. Because at a time we thought we thought you were a goner. We thought, okay, well, there's no show of Michael Gallup. Maybe we should insert Jalen Tolbert in his place. Again, Tolbert is not a bad player, but Michael Gallup wasn't seven up at the time. And I think it was last game that that he that he was no show. And so, so it's good that he scored a touchdown to zero his confidence. Now, the receiving room of uh, CD Lamb and Brandon Brandon Cooks. I mean, Brandon Cooks to his credit has been open, but he hasn't been forced fed, fed the ball. Now, now you can go against the Giants. Secondary, yeah, you're gonna you they there's their secondary has been the worst in the last 10 to, 10 to 11 years in my eyes. Okay, they're not going to work on that secondary, that's why Brandon Cook went off for what he did. I'm not worried about CD going off for what he did. CD, CD has done an, a phenomenal job just knowing where to be. You know, the guards that you distribute after the catch. Now, I didn't like that he ran the ball. Because I just, I didn't like, I don't like those packages for the Cowboys. Like, 
that's not the Cowboys feel. I, it works on other other teams, but I don't think I, I I try not to have my one number one receiver run the football in the backfield. I can't I can't do that. You have two quality backs in Rico Dallow and Tony Pollard. Which Rico Dallow, shout out to you, man. You went 12 for 79. You ran hard this game. But I don't want my no one wide receiver in the back for running the football. We can agree to disagree, but I don't like that at all. That's that's scary for me. I want my number one receiver running routes. Catching the ball. Going out to contest the catches. Putting up the same numbers that C D has put in put on the last four games. I don't need this crap by running running the ball. CD's not a runner. He is a receiver. I don't like those packages. I'm not a fan. I always fear injury when my receiver runs the football. I don't I don't think they do that in Minnesota though. But then again, Minnesota runs a different offense. They don't do that in Houston because they rely on the running game. They rely on the running back. You got to exert your trust in your running backs. I mean, I know Tony Pollard hasn't put up a, 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 a great season yet. Rico Dallas just started to come, come along this game. I know he those running backs have not put two complete games together. But, but... They are prone to run the ball. They see C.D. Lamb run the ball out of the backfield. You know what they're going to think? They're going to say they don't value us. They don't value us. Why did Tony Pollard sign a one-year contract? Why is Rico Dallas on this team? They could have gone out to Derrick Henry. But Rico Dallas said, nope, I'm going to take the reins. Nope, you're not going to get Derrick Henry. And that's what Cowboys did not do. I want more trust in this running game. I want CD to catch the ball <laughs> at least 10, 10 receptions a game. That's all I want. I don't want all these packages of running the football. With CD Lane. What, 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 what type of package is that? Who are you trying to fool? But, let me, I, but, I already, I didn't want to close that conversation. I'm so, so, I'm so sorry for closing that conversation so quickly that so I think at first take yesterday they were asked could Dak be the all time great Stephen A went crazy now to me he could be not after four games he's got to put a complete season together now you, you may have one game that you mess up but I agree with Shannon when 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 he talked about the rings. You got to have the rings to show it, and Dak does not have the rings right now to show it. Because when you play for the Cowboys, <laughs> you're always gonna fall short every single year. Every single year we we, we fall completely on our ass. And it's not because of that. It's the team aspect. It's something that happened within this game. Now, fans, 
will go out and go out and say if that if that played bad against a, a worse team, let's say the Panthers next week, right? If he went in, went in there and threw four interceptions, but that question was asked, uh, 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 the same question was asked for next Monday. Everybody will be laughing all over the place. Everybody. You just have to put a complete team. Well, you do have a complete team, but you got to take a risk. That's what we talked about last week. Last week, we, we got to take a risk and what and and to build a championship contender. Why do you think the 49ers who smoked the Jaguars? Went out and got the players that they needed to get. They're trying to reach up here. Not, not trying to reach in the middle. They're trying to reach up here. The Cowboys are right here. But they will never get up here unless you take a risk in the trade deadline or in free agency. You don't have fans to dictate your team, Jerry. Because, again, we're the paying customer. We see the product on we see the players on the field we know they're going to make an impact now I hope this team is motivated by the Rangers success I hope they are y'all are right next door to each other you have to that's what we talked about last week we got to model the Rangers success look what happened with the Rangers they took a risk. They added six players on the roster. And look at them now. They're celebrating in Austin, Arlington. A championship. A championship. Who would have known? Who would have known? <laughs> Who would have known? Now, if you ask, if you ask Corey Seager, if you ask Dolores Garcia, could those guys be an all-time great? It remains to be seen. But Dak, it remains to be seen. As long as you have a ring, and I'm not talking about the other ring. I'm talking about a championship ring. Then I will say, okay, maybe you can put him in the conversation. I can put easily put Bat Mahomes in the conversation. Easily. But I'm closing that conversation. Number three, we got the defense and home field advantage. Everybody had a sack. Gallimore, Armstrong, Williams, Fowler, and Lawrence, all of them had a sack. The Giants only had 172 of total offense. You talk about complete domination. And then the defense. Here's what's, here's what's good about the home, home field advantage. We're giving up only 11 points a game at home. Only 11 points a game. This team scored 17. The Rams, two weeks ago, scored 20. <laughs> oh, man. We are, you know, home field advantage, man. That's what it is. We got the best fans. In, in, uh, I mean, we're doing something right. If we won 12 straight at home, we must be doing something right. That means when you come to ATT Stadium, you're not going to you're not going to get a victory off us. We were to ball play well, ball out, and I've been to the stadium. The stadium is packed. 
when I went in, in August for a preseason game, it had to be at least 90, 90 plus. It had to be. Because that day, I had my seat stolen. Yes, I paid for that seat. And my seat was stolen. And, I, and I'm not going to fight. You see those fights online. You see the fights of the NFL players, NFL fans fighting fighting for stupid shit. I'm not going to fight with anybody. But, but, I have to learn to get to leave the house early, to get to the game two hours early so I can sit in my seat. But nonetheless, 12 straight at home and, and it, 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 at Jerry's World, come on, man. Teams have to be scared. And the next team that comes at home will, will be Washington on Thanksgiving Day, which, by the way, That is going to be a, not only that's going to be a tougher matchup, which it will be, but I don't know why they they they, they didn't have a different artist for that show. You try to make it a, a, a community. It's got to be a community base. It can't be one side. They said Leanne Rhymes is no. I'm sorry, not Leanne Rhymes. Uh, what's her name? I can't remember her name. Patton. Some woman. I, listen. I'll talk about that next week. However. However. I would tell you. <laughs> it would not be easy for Washington to come in here and, and to, to drone us. It would not be easy for Sam Howe to come in here. To, to, to throw over 400 yards. Because that's not happening. But that is the next home game. So we need to build. We need to build on these on these on these success of being at home, being relevant. Number four, the Giants. Now, Brandon, my former roommate at UNT, where are you at? Where are you guys at? You're hiding too much, bro. Like, like, look at your team right now. Your team is two and eight. Look who you're playing with. Look at the coach. Look at your defensive coordinator. Look at the player that called out the defensive coordinator. Couldn't be a man to go to the defensive coordinator and say, hey, we're not running this right. But yet, you go to the media or uh, what's it called? You go to Twitter and air out your frustrations. Instead of being a man and go talk, go to the coach's office and talk to, to the coaches about this scheme instead of telling instead of dishing it out to to viewers out there and then you're going to have different opinions about it you could have gone to Wink Martindale and said hey we are not running schemes right what is wrong why, why do we suck why do we suck on defense you could have asked that question and said you know what I suck on, you know what? We could have done it behind closed doors. Now they, they, now to their credit, they will ask you the question of what is going on with the Giants. Even you could have re rewarded a different way. Nonetheless, those conversations should be behind closed doors. Go to the coaches' office and say, "Hey, what is why? What can we do better to help us?" Again. There'll, the blueprint will be there. Instead of airing, airing out to the media, 
and then now you get different opinions, and you get, you get idiots calling you out and trashing your, your your the team on social media. What is wrong with y'all? Why can't you just go to the coach's office and say, "I have a problem with this. We suck. What can we do?" So Tom Coughlin, former Jaguars head coach, he won a Super Bowl championship with the Giants twice in 2006 and 2011. He retired in 2015. Okay. Then you have a warm one of the coaches. I can't remember on top of my head. I know Bob McAdoo. Uh, you have Josh, Ju- uh, Joe Judge. You had uh, Brian Dable was the last one. None of those coaches had last more than two years. Brian Dable is in his second season. Now, I look at the record and I say... If the Giants go, the Giants lose the next eight games. They're going to look at the coach coach first before anybody else. They will look at the coach first before anyone else. That's a problem. That's a problem for you, Giants fans. That's a problem for Brandon. He hasn't even, he hasn't, even, he, 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 he's been hiding since Sunday. Well, actually, since last Sunday. So you talk about a whole entire week of hiding, my friend. Why are you hiding? Just say, just come out in the woodworks and say your team sucks. You said you 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 didn't hide when we lost to the Eagles. You 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 got you came after me for hiding. Yeah, I did hit hit because you know why? Because I was embarrassed by the team. Team's uh, failure to, to win the game in the on the final drive. Your issue is you have a bunch of issues. You have a suspect defense who traded away Leonard, Leonard Williams. You have a you have a damaged offensive line. You have no name receivers, and then you have a quarterback who you just picked up off the street. We don't know a Tommy DeVito. Matt Barkley is your backup. <laughs> we don't know those guys. Matt Barkley, the former USC quarterback, hasn't been relevant since college. The amount, the, the amount of hits that Tommy DeVito took on Sunday is the reason why this man will only last a year, a season in the NFL. He took a bunch of them. Y'all can't pr- protect nothing. Period. But yeah, you want to call us out and say when we lose, you want to make fun of us along with other Cowboys haters. Your team is nothing. You might as well go for the USC quarterback, Caleb Williams. He's better than what you have on the field. He's even better than Daniel Jones. If we're if we're talking if we're if we're being honest. But like but nonetheless, you don't have an offense. You have no name receivers. You have nothing there. 
Yeah, you don't have an offensive line. You don't have a quarterback. You don't have a defense. And then you you also have players call, crying to the media about their coaches. Instead of being a freaking man and going up to the coaches and say, hey, you know what? We got to do this right. Why can't y'all do that? No. You can't do that. You know why? Because it's the air we live in. Alright, my final take. This is a complete this is a this is the complete washout. This is this is complete uh, <laughs> this is the complete slap in the face. 49 to 17. Like literally I, I really didn't want to watch this game. I don't know if I should feel bad for the Giants or, or just focus on the Panthers. I can't even focus on the Panthers because the Panthers can't beat anybody. They're dealing with a, a rookie quarterback in Bryce Young, who's being coached by Frank Wright. I think Frank Wright should be out after this season. Like he he wasn't my favorite hire. Why did Carolina rush? Carolina rushed this process. They rushed the hiring process. They went ahead and hired a guy that just got fired at, at, at Indianapolis. He's the reason why Carolina's struggling. Not Bryce Young. If you, if, you, if you ask me, Carolina fans, Frank, look at your head coach. Look at your coach. Figure out why is he struggling. I'm sorry. Why the team is struggling. It's him. It's the organization. They rush the process. They could, they could be a lot better if Bryce Young had reins to the offense. Can run his own shit. He has that. Bryce Young has that. Has that talent, but I think he's being too overcoached by Frank Wright. Now, that's one of the games I pinpoint that game because that's our next opponent. But I also pinpoint. I, I like I said, I've been telling people this. The next three games are crucial. They're crucial. So I said the Commanders, I'd rather lose to them than to the Eagles last week. Now, I got to see what happens with the Commanders. I don't know who they play. I think they play the Giants. Yeah, they play the Giants. I got to see what happens in that game. I want to see what type of defense the Commanders have. I want to see if Sam Howe controls the pocket. Am I scared of somehow? I'm not. I shouldn't be. I'm not scared of any of those players on, the, on that team right now. They got good talent, but I'm not scared of that. I'm not even scared of Ron Barrera. His coaches are behind him. And Seahawks, honestly, I, 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 like I said, I have to look at that matchup. Because, again, we can go three and zero against those teams. Better let, better yet, two and one. But I would rather go three and zero so that we end the end the, end the month at nine and three. And then we'll see what happens with the Eagles. I'm hoping the Eagles lose two, but I don't think they'll lose two. I don't think so. I, I think I think honestly they got win one of uh, one of those two games. I think they'll win. But I'm not I'm not worried about I'm not worried about it. 
What I worry about is the Cowboys. How are we going to improve, improve every game? Can we get away from beating these wash, washed up teams? I think the next one, well, the Panthers are, are the next washed up team that we have on the schedule. Obviously, we got to play them. And then there's two tough games after that. And then the, the worst December in the history of December's will be coming soon. So, with that being said, can we score 49 points against the Commanders or the Seahawks or any other good, or even the Eagles? Possibly not. But I do think once you put everything together, once Dak controls the line of scrimmage, he doesn't make minimal mistakes, then we have something here. We have something to build on the neck for for the rest of this month and going to December. So we gotta continue to build it. And also I question the play calling though, Mike Mike McCartney. Help me out here. You gotta help me out, Mike. What are you doing with your play calling? What are you doing with your play calling? I question it. I question it because it is working against bad teams, but yet bad teams <laughs> are continuing to bad. But in good teams, I'll give you one. I mean, maybe the you know you could have called a perfect game against the Eagles, yeah. So I'll just give you one, Mike. But I can't get I I can't give you the I can't give you the other one. You have to have better play calling. That's Mike and Dak included. Mike and Dak, y'all have to come together and communicate on the play calling and make sure that it's precise and consistent. Alright, so that's my Dallas Cowboys sex. Um, <laughs> let me know if you, well, you know, it is what it is. We just gotta see what happens against the Panthers. I don't know where, to, where I should start, though. Let's start with college football here because there's a lot of news over the weekend that just happened. Uh, play the other music, please. Um, I don't know where to start. Texas A&M or Michigan because I have both. I have some things to say about Texas A&M. But first, let's get to Pat. Let's see what Paul Fibon has to say about Texas A&M and then we'll react to his comments and then I'm going to allow the Texas A&M AD to speak. Let's hear from Pat F uh, Fibon please. Well what's, what's interesting to me is that a 77 million dollar buyout almost seems routine and normal in today's college football world. This is not as shocking as I think many people thought. I applaud Ross Bjork, the Texas A&M Athletic Director, for saying, you know what, it may cost us that much money, but we have to make a move. This program was digressing. Jimbo Fisher turned out to be a, a very unsuccessful coach. He was a failure at Texas A&M. That's why he is unemployed today. Wealthy, but unemployed. <laughs> so, anyways, uh, that's Paul Feibaum, ESPN. Um, so, remember that conversation that we had before the season started in college football 
What value does Texas A&M have? And I can't remember what I told y'all. But I'll go look it up. So let me tell you a quick story here. I work with some Texas A&M guys. There's a guy named... There's a guy named Henry. Cool guy. Love him to death. He's really cool. I like him. He is he, he he went to the he went to he went to AM obviously. We had a conversation about we had a conversation about Jimbo Fisher. It was like I think it was like a month a month or two months back. It was when I asked what value does Texas AM have? Those type of conversations. And I and at the time I almost felt bad for, for I almost felt bad for him, for Henry. Being an AM fan, saying that Kevin Sumlin, Sumlin killed this team, but yet Jimbo will make it better. Now I'm sorry. Kevin Sumlin made it even better. Kevin Sumlin won eight games every single year he was there. The reason why he he, he was ousted at a and because because of the boosters. The boosters said, "We don't want this man on, on coaching this football game." We he suspended Johnny Manziel. He kept Johnny in check. The only coach that kept Johnny Manziel in check was Kevin Sumlin, and I applaud him for that. But yet, y'all, y'all praise Jimbo. For what? Do you know how many championships in the SEC has? Is Alabama or Georgia? And it was not even in that conversation. They have never been. And ever since they moved from the Big 12 to the a they they have been. The whole college has been a complete failure. Jimbo Fisher's old tactics is not working. It's not working at a and It doesn't work in this day and age. You're not going to, <clears throat> excuse me, you're not going to to um, talk to a 19 or 20 year old child about what happened 10 plus years ago. Because they don't know. They just got there. It doesn't, it hasn't worked. How many players have you gone through in the transfer portal in the last season and a half? How many? Over 25 players. But yet, Kevin Sumlin did his best. It wasn't for... What what type of culture do you have out there at A&M? What culture do you have? You saw Jimbo Fisher win a championship at Florida State. That's why you made him your coach. You, you saw that. And then, you say, you know what? We're going to make this man our head coach. We're going to pay him the, the amount of money. We're going to throw a bunch of money at him. But yeah, he, he can't get you to eight wins. He can't even get you to, 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 to nine or ten or college football plus. The expectation is not there. It's not there now. And I mean, it will never be there. Y'all want to hire, hire small-ass coaches, old-ass coaches to integrate conversations to the 19, 20-year-old. It doesn't matter. It doesn't work like that. I've been telling y'all, y'all hire, hire coaches that
that that that can, that resonates with players. Player coaches matter. The relationship matters because the player because former players know they know what the athlete has gone through. Jimbo does not know that crap. Jimbo's all to himself, selfish bastard. He's all over. He, 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 <laughs> dude, he he, he does it. Let me let me hear from Ross from A and M A D Ross Bruard, and then we'll we'll respond on the other side, please. I determined at this for for lots of reasons. Our program is stuck in neutral. We should be relevant on the national scene. Something is not clicking. Something is not working, and therefore. Something had to give in order for Aggie football to reach our full potential. As leaders, every decision we make or every decision we don't make has consequences. Consistency in how the program operates on a daily basis impacts the confidence level of every single person in the program and thus influences performance. Based on my experience, the best programs have confidence the program has an established identity. The program maximizes the talent. The leadership is fully integrated in the university, the athletics program, and its culture. I did not feel like we were meeting those standards of excellence and leadership. All right. Is that it? Okay, so. When are you ever going to meet those uh, expectations, Ross? Your team hasn't even been mentioned in the college football playoff ever since it started. It hasn't even been mentioned in the national stage, period. The last great quarterback was Johnny Mazzell, believe it or not. Believe, believe it or not, that was your last great quarterback. And then your last great team was in, back in 20, 2006, even. Like, what have you done? This is y'all's fault. Y'all went and went out to Jimbo for what? Jimbo can't resonate with these players, like I said. He, it's all about him. It's all about himself. He's going to take his money and leave, which is why he got the record payout that he did. He got $76 million as a buyout. They, they paid this bastard $76 million. If I'm being paid $76 million to never coach football again, I will take that. And I'm pretty sure Angelo will take that too. $76 million as a buyout. Jimbo, I would never coach football again. I don't care if they hire you to, to, uh, to, to, <laughs> to, to, to watch, <laughs> to, to, to assist. Was the offense good? I don't care. I don't care about that, dude. You can sit on your ass for seventy-six million. You're good. You're fine for the rest of your life. You don't have to pick up. You don't have to do anything else. You don't even have to drive to the facility. You're good. Stay at home. Work. Work. Work on you. Work on you. We don't care. Us players should not care about you. You this. They, Texas A&M was a dumpster fire. Y'all don't have a culture there. Y'all don't have anything there. What What do you have? 
You have nothing. The only program you have relevant is the basketball program. That's relevant about it. Why don't y'all go to basketball versus football? What have you? You have done nothing. You can't even hire a championship winning coach. It's not there. It will never be there. So y'all get it right. Y'all will never get this shit right. Now, the list of candidates that that they have listed, well, not they, but uh, but some people have listed on the uh, on the site that I saw. Mike Elko, he's the Duke head coach. Dan Lanning says no, he's the Oregon head coach. So Dan Lanning's out. So I'm gonna cross his name because he said he said if he keeps his word, he's out. Out. Wayne Kiffin. Oh, that's a no. How are you gonna go from Ole Miss to, to A&M, uh, SEC school? That makes no sense. So to me, he's out. Then you got Mike Norvell, Florida State. Mike Norvell, you're in the ACC. You're good. You're fine. Don't, don't, don't go for this nonsensical job. So Mike Norvell, no. Kalen Dober. Washington coach. I think he, I think they're moving. I can't remember where they're moving to. It, I don't know if he can coach the SEC or not. It's a dumpster fire. I want to take if I'm Kalen, and, and I know my team is getting close to the college football playoff at number five. I wouldn't take the job. I wouldn't take the job. Jeff Trailer. He's the University of Texas San Antonio coach now. He's a smart coach. He's actually my favorite call. He's actually my favorite. I'll give a that. Because he's had some success. He's had a lot of success at University of Texas San Antonio. Right now, I will make him the favorite. Um, when players like Frank Harris and all of them leave the program, um, I'm pretty sure Jess Trailer will make a decision of leaving too. But I don't know. I'm not in his mind. I'm not in his head. I'm not trying to. I'm not encouraging him to leave. I'm just saying you have a, not, a lot of success at a small university that maybe, yeah, it's time to go big. And I hope Texas A&M pays Jeff Trailer the amount of money that they paid to uh, to Jimbo when he first started. Jimbo, by the way, Jimbo did not last his 10-year contract. He signed a 10-year contract in 20. I think it was 2019, 2018, 2019, one of those years. He didn't even last. He did not last. Then you got Cliff Kingsbury, which is USC. He's a senior analyst. Cliff is still young. Yeah, he's still young. He's still like 40-something. But he's but he has that youthful personality. So I, I, I like so I like that for him. I like for Cliff. Cliff to be a candidate for this job. I think it makes sense for him to be, to be one. Uh, Lance Schumach, he is the Georgia co-defensive coordinator. Uh, I don't know. It's, it's kind of shaky for me. And then you got Shoney Moore, which we'll hear more about uh, coming up. He is the Michigan offensive coordinator who filled in for Jim Harbaugh. He's 2-0. I think he's been their office coordinator since 2019. I think. Young coach. Youthful personality. 
Uh, then you got Deion Sanders. Now Fox put it out there. Only Fox said, "Hey, maybe we we can encourage Deion to coach his team again. Be hit, put his name in the running again. The money's there at A and M. I don't think Deion Sanders will leave Colorado after one season. Because you got to remember those recruits that he's recruiting right now." Between next year and the year after that, they're coming to play for Coach Sanders. He's going to be there. Now, some will say, some recruits will say, "No, maybe, maybe, maybe I can play for that. Maybe I can stay, or maybe I can go with Coach Prime to go to wherever he need, wherever he's needed." But I don't, I don't see Coach Prime leaving Colorado for one year for for an A&M job that's very attractive in the SEC, and he'll win right away in the SEC. Just like he's doing right now in Colorado. He'll win him right away. It's just that AM has a bigger stage than Colorado because Colorado got that stage off of clips of, from YouTube, TikTok, all that stuff. AM is on TV every single week. And so, but if Coach Prime is going to take this job, you got to pay the same amount of money that you gave Jimbo in 2018 and 2019, one of those years he started. The buyout money that, that he got, you got to increase that, that by 10 or maybe 20. And then he's got to be able to do his own thing. Because when you go to a, a, my experience, is I guess when you go to a university, you, you, they tell you which players they want to want you to have and which they don't. Coach Prime is bringing his own players, guys. Shador is going to be the quarterback for A&M, believe it or not. Travis Hunter, he's going to be right there with you. Well, then again, Travis Hunter, if, I, if I'm Travis Hunter, Travis, I'm asking myself, do you really want to play one more year in college football? One more year? Because you can be the easy, easily the the top two pick in the, in the in the NFL draft for next seat for 2024. I, I get not leaving your boy, but ugh, it's just the one and last time opportunity, right? The Shiloh will be there. The whoever is on Cairo's squad, if Dion takes the the Texas A&M job again. I saw that headline on YouTube. I saw that Undisputed was talking about it. And I said, nah, it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make sense because you got to deal with the, the you got to deal with the, there, there, there's some heavy boosters at AM will decide which coach should be, should take this job. It shouldn't be like that. It should be all the ADs and the presidents. And the coordinators, well, actually the support staff is there. It shouldn't be about the boosters. The boosters are going to pour their money in into the program. It should. They don't know football. They don't know football. So why are we focusing on the boosters that want to sit and drink and have a good time all day long while their team is suffering? They don't care about the team. They care about. They care about helping the university grow. That's why you see more, so much money in the football program that they haven't won in years. When's the last time Texas A&M has won a championship in, in college football? I'll wait. 
Okay, you saw the music playing for the last five seconds. They haven't won it. They have not won a damn thing. Deion Sanders is out. I'm not I'm not even gonna put his name there. Sharoni Moore? Maybe. Um Glenn Schrimach? Maybe. Cliff Kids, maybe. Jeff Trailer? Maybe. But again, this is guys, this is a hard job. You gotta deal you gotta understand. Whoever takes this job has to feel the pressure. Is willing to take the pressure to make the team great again. They haven't been great in the last, in my time. I haven't seen it, and I don't root for Texas a and I root against them actually. I want them to lose <laughs> because of Texas, University of Texas. I want that rivalry to start. You see, you see, they they took see, A and M looked at Texas, and they said, "Why is Texas better than us in, in the last in the last year or so?" What did Texas do to put themselves in the position to not only play in the ball game, not only to play for a Big Twelve title, but to potentially be in the college football playoffs? What did Texas do? Obviously, you're not going to copy their blueprint. Blueprint. You're not going to do that. But Texas has done some things. I, I may not agree with it, but they have done some things to rebuild their program to the point where they can easily make the college football playoff if they, if they didn't have that one loss to Oklahoma. So, I think A&M is jealous of Texas' success. Also, it's going to be a rebuilding phase. Which players are going to stay? Which players are going to go? Who's going to come in? And I want my brother Elijah Moore, Elijah Robinson, to know this, brother. Don't let them kick you out, bro. You got two games left. Well, actually, you got three games left because you got the ball game. You, you make your mark now. You make them want you. And not have to go outside the surface to find some small middle middle aged coach to coach this program. Because they're not ready. They're not ready. Jeff Trader, I don't think Jeff Trailer. He's had a lot of experience, but I don't think he he's ready for that amount of pressure that A and M is going to give him. Cliff Kingsbury. He's not ready. It's, it's just crazy down there in AM. And I hope y'all y'all get it right. And I hope your AD says what he's gonna do. If he doesn't, it's game over. Now let's go to Michigan. Michigan now they have Maryland, Ohio State, and the Big 12 championship game. Obviously, they'll be playing in that. And I said this to myself. But first things first, Jimmy Hombo was suspended for three games. They have a little bit of a hearing on Friday. And then he could possibly coach on against Maryland on Saturday. So that's so weird. It's so confusing. I think it's stupid. 
I think it's stupid because it's just flat out stupid because this man stole signs from other other teams. But yet he but yet he's got a hearing Friday. And if that hearing goes well, then he could possibly coach against Maryland. So what was the point of the three game suspension? What was the point of that? What was the point of him missing the Penn State game? If we're gonna if we if we're if we're gonna if he's gonna come back for the game against Maryland, what what is the point then? Or Ohio State, what is the point of that? And what is the point of these players supporting him? But first, let's hear from uh, Sean Moore's comments. Let's hear from him, and then we'll we'll discuss why is he crying, and we'll discuss all of it coming up next. Let's hear from Sean Moore. He's supposed to get comments. Boy, thank the Lord. Boy, thank Coach Harbaugh. Fucking love you, man. I love the shit out of you, man. This is for you, for this university, the president, our AD. We got the best players, best university, best alumni in the country. Love you guys. These fucking guys right here. These guys right here, man. These guys did it. These guys did it, man. Okay, so I get why. I, I get the love. I get it. And I'm very appreciative. Of, of the players backing their head coach, head coach, and I'm very appreciative of Shawnee Moore, his post-game conference, but you got to understand accountability, where it should be. Do I have one more clip on this again? No? That's fine. Um... Jim, Jim Harbaugh did a crime. Jim Harbaugh is not the coach of this team. Jim Harbaugh can't be your coach. I found a coach that has accountable, reliable discipline. Jim Harbaugh does not check the box boxes for me. He plays around a lot, even with the media. Even with the media, he plays around a lot. He's playing games with us, guys. Yesterday he talked about uh, America. So he he, re- re- play, he he was making top gun references. I'm like, dude, stop it! You did this to yourself. These players here know nothing about what you've done, and that's why they they said what they said on on, tw- on, on online because they know nothing. They don't know a, a damn thing. They don't care about it. They care about playing football and making a name for themselves. How are you going to go out of your way and support a, a loser? Jim Harbaugh is a loser, yes. But y'all, but y'all go out there. Y'all, y- y'all say these things, and you want him to coach your football team for the next three. And what value? What value does Michigan have? Oh yeah, he didn't steal those signs. Oh, he didn't have a guy right next to you talking about this and that. 
or wherever that guy was. You didn't address that. You didn't even apologize. You did the crime. You got suspended three games. You did not apologize. It said it was a comedy show at that press conference out there. It's like you don't give a F about about these players that support you. You don't give a F about these coaches. You don't give a F about the fans. You don't give a F about the, any other teams that have sacrificed. That have came to wa- Florida State, Washington, Texas, Alabama. You don't care about those teams that want your spot. That are looking at y'all and saying, you know what? We could easily, easily get in the, in the college football playoff. Easily. But the NCAA says, no, we, we want we want Michigan there because we want them, we want these guys to fight. What does Michigan have to fight for? You're playing against Maryland. You 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 you'll beat Maryland, but you, you may lose to Ohio State, which I think you I think Ohio State should beat y'all. Ohio State will beat y'all. Yes. I said it. Ohio State will beat y'all. And you could you could pinpoint me on that, Angelo. Ohio State will beat Michigan. What have y'all done? You have done absolutely nothing. And I said, and, and I said this last year. I, I have a personal, I have a personal uh, beef with Michigan because my former boss was a Michigan fan, and I would tell him, and I'll tell other Michigan people. Y'all need to, y'all need to assert some accountability. Y'all need to stop living. Y'all need to stop it. Y'all need to stop living so so delusional. Y'all need to stop. Accountability is where it is. If you did the crime, just say you did it. All the facts can come out. What facts? Your comedy show, Jim Hobro. You didn't even go. You didn't even apologize. You hurt so many people in the process. You hurt the recruits. You hurt the transfers that want to come and play for you. You didn't even hurt yourself. You don't even give a fuck. The players care because they know nothing about this case. They don't even want to talk about it. If you ask them a question about the science ability, they know nothing about it. So I don't know why Coach Moore was crying. I don't know why you you beat a team that you're supposed to beat. You're supposed to beat Penn State. You're supposed to have a little bit of adversity on, 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 in your hand. Yes. But I don't know why you're crying. Why? That was that that that, that 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 listen, that came out right before the game. Okay? It's time to buckle up and get a, and, and get it together. Now, now granted to his credit, I love it when when black men show emotion. We've beaten so much. But but, but 
he, but I think I think he'll get he'll he'll get he'll get the he'll get the right job at the right time. And so I I like it I like that part. I didn't like the crying part, but I like that he had a passion, emotion, all that stuff. I just don't see see I have see like I said I have a personal relationship with Michigan I don't I want to see him lose honestly Ohio State get up get ready because you got to remember they beat you at their house at your house last year you go to their house you you got to lay it on them you got to make sure that you beat them at the line of scrimmage early And now, what does that do for other teams at Texas, Washington, Florida State, uh, who am I missing? Alabama, even. What does that do for them? They don't want to hear you cry. It does nothing for them. They can't even. They can't even get. They can't even get a spot. Those kids work so hard. They sacrifice so much. That if, if Michigan stays at that number three spot, then what else can we say? Michigan stays at that number three spot. You know, it's ridiculous. It's sad. Players gotta say, you know, we sacrificed so much. We did the same thing we those Michigan players did. That we gotta be able to to get our chance, get our turn. Alabama's playing the SEC game against Georgia. Who knows who, who would have won that game? Who knows who, who, who knows who knows about that game? And then Texas may play the Big 12 championship game against whoever. Maybe against Oklahoma again. Washington play, is playing the Pac-12 games again against Oregon. So you got to give players that you got to give players a chance. Other players outside of Michigan a chance to get their shine because it hasn't been easy for them either. You can't make it about y'all, but y'all make it about y'all, which I understand. But then again, I don't know y'all. But then again, y'all don't deserve to be in the college football playoff. Your coach is a cheater. Even if, even if he's proved innocent, what innocent? What has Jim Harbaugh done? What has he done at Michigan? He's won you nothing at Michigan. You got beat by TCU last year. Which I love. I, I, heck, if Maryland finds a way to beat Michigan, then have at it. But Michigan should prep their players and the coach Sharon Moore should prep to coach this game again. I don't think Jim Hama will, will be cleared before Friday. Oh, well, I'm sorry, before Saturday. Let the let's let it play out. Coach was out your coach. Rely on on the offensive coordinator, Sharon Moore. Rely on on yourselves to go out there and put up a great effort. Your number one focus should be on Jim Hamba. Should be on playing football. Get your, well, actually, your academics, playing football, 
and preparing for for Maryland. Don't focus on one coach. He's gonna be all right. He's a man. He'll be all right if you go out. You know. That's why I, I I just don't agree with. You. I don't agree with the players backing for that. I don't agree with it. Well, no, I, I do agree with it. But you gotta understand what is going on. All right, before we close this college football segment. I need to talk about some SMU and North Texas stuff. Now, SMU beat North Texas 45-21 on Friday night. Oh, uh, man. We got outplayed. We got bullied. We got thrown um, around. That dictates our season, guys. Our season is over in, in football. It's over because our offensive corner is consist- inconsistent. Our defense has been horrible all year. Eric Morris refuses to change, to make changes on the defensive side. Chandler Rogers started game ha, half a game. That's game one, and he's taking the reins to new heights. It's just that North Texas is not ready for that big shine yet. They're not. Uh, I disagree with Eric Morris saying we're a play away. Like, what play are are you away from? You may lose two running backs. You may lose a wide receiver, you, dude. You got to get the right players, in, in, right right players, in line. You got to get the right players. Not everybody's going to be there unless unless you know the NCAA comes out and says, "Hey, we're changing the transfer policy. We're not going to have these mad players transfer to one place. I'm sorry, transfer out of this place to go to the next place." We're not going to have that. Players make their own decisions. They say, hey, what's best for my career? If I want to get to the NFL, I got to go to this college to get more exposure. What I got to do to have a winning franchise, a winning college franchise, what I got, can I be a part of that? Instead of North Texas. North Texas hasn't won in football in years. You can go all the way back to 2004 when the, well, the last time they won the Sun Belt Championship. I think that was the last time they won the Sun Belt Championship. I know this because I, I heard of it. I wasn't there, but I heard of it. But then you lay an egg in the, the Conference USA, and then also you're laying an egg in the American. So th- this doesn't equal success for me. This is what you call transition. And I said this before the season started. I said we're going to have a transitional season. People don't want to believe in transition, but it's happening. You need to make a defensive coordinator change. And if you don't make that change, it's going to be the same damn thing. you got to work hard for your points. The offense shouldn't have to work hard to score 40 points a game. They shouldn't be doing that at all and have a three and seven record. The reason why they're 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 three and seven is because of the defense. The defense has given up bigger plays than ever. They've been bullied at the line of scrimmage. They've given up runs of more than twenty to five or six different running backs. And I'm like, 
Why is nobody addressing this? The elephant in the room is a defensive coordinator. We don't even know what scheme we're in. What scheme are we in? What is there for us to to execute on? We are not there yet. We would well, we could be there eventually, but we're not there yet. And again, we are not a play away. We got to fix the defense, and it starts in the off season. It starts by getting rid of the defensive coordinator if you have if you have to risk it, risk over at risk over passive you're passive then your French your college is going to suffer and nobody wants to go there no high-end athlete you talk about keeping players indented Eric why don't you do your job and, and, and risk and risk it and risk it and say we got to get rid of this it's okay to say now nah, Nah, bro. We 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 we're, we're giving them over forty points a game, uh, over six hundred yards total, uh, total offense to the other team. We need to make a change. SMU had, I think, it had at least six hundred thirty yards. That is a lot. For, and forty-five points. And then running backs. All of them had a touchdown. We got to fix something. We got to take a risk. And eventually the reward will the reward will come at some point. Now you have two games left, Tulsa and UAB. Again, I'll watch those games and I'll give my final thoughts on it. But this season has been a failure, and I, and my ultimate grade will be an F. And I and I is a respectable F because of the type of things that y'all said in press conferences and and after the games and all that stuff. And I'm like, no, th this cannot be my team. This cannot be my team, man. And I refuse to accept this. I'm not going to accept this. I'm not going to trust the process. I'm not going to sit around and trust a college that's going to come through. I'd rather trust the basketball teams to come through versus the football because it will never come through. We're not taking a risk. We're being passive. Look at this. We had two turnovers in the second half. We had refused to block in the second half. Chandler Morris was sacked. I think he was sacked by Pressure about 65 times in the second half. 65 percent of the time he was pressured in the second half. And then we haven't beat the SMU since 2018. So what does that tell you? SMU hasn't won anything either, but SMU's winning is is going to a new conference, which is the ACC. So you're telling me a team that is 45 minutes away, we have not beaten since 2018. You're telling me that? Really? You're telling me that the last time we beat this team 45 minutes away was uh was it 2018? We got some major issues if we, we haven't done that. We got some major issues. We shouldn't even be playing to SMU again if we're gonna continue these issues. Now 
That's it for my college football segment. It was a really passionate one. I hope A&M hires the right guy for that program like the ADS said. I don't, I don't, again, I don't agree with what the ADs say sometimes because it will go completely off charts. I'm pretty sure you said the same things when you hired Jim Rowe Fisher. When you hire him, were you saying those things then? Yep, exactly. Then Michigan, players got to know, bro. The players got to play. I understand sticking up for your coach, but at the end of the day, you got y'all got to play. All right, guys. Coming up next, let's talk some basketball. So let's talk about the other side, me green basketball, men's and women's, and also let's talk about some James Harden stuff. It's coming up next. It's Beyond the Game on Fishbowl Radio.
Fishbowl Radio, welcome to Beyond the Game Podcast on Fishbowl Radio. Let me take a while, excuse me. All right, so we are here uh, to talk about basketball, uh, some basketball storylines that I uh, that I want to talk about. Okay, so basketball, I won't, I won't talk about North Texas all the time. But living in Texas and considering that I went to North Texas, I will definitely talk, about, not all the time, but I will definitely talk about the Texas teams here unless uh, unless I see team fit. Like, if I see TCU play Texas, okay, I might add that in because if it was a good game or if there's a big storyline that we need to talk about, then yeah, I will definitely talk about it. So, <clears throat> but nonetheless... Let's start with the men's side. Now, the men played last week played Northern Iowa and Omaha, and they both they, they won both of those games except that Northern Iowa they beat them overtime, eighty three to seventy seven. Uh, I think Aaron Scott had twenty six points. Okay. 
then, uh, yeah. Aaron, Aaron, yeah, Aaron and Jason Edwards had 19 off the bench. So I, I wrote down, North Texas has a lot of work to do, keeping players uh, in front of them. And also, they need to score in the fourth quarter. Not in the fourth quarter, but like a, a type of score where it's under five minutes in the game and you need a basket. Who do you turn to? Now, if it's under five minutes under the basket, I turn to Tyler Perry. He's no longer on this team. He's at K-State. So, it's not urgent right now, but when we get like late in conference play, in conference play, I want to see who we need to put the ball in their hands in the fourth quarter. Maybe an Aaron Scott. Maybe. I don't know. But, but he's very capable of scoring the basketball. Now, that he has to. And he was just award, awarded player of the week. So, congratulations to him. Uh, CJ Nolan is a player I want to highlight. Transfer from Oklahoma. Probably wasn't getting any playing time over there. He's making an impact. With a step by shots. He just needs more time on the court. That's all. Uh, he had 18 points against Omaha. I think, I think they, they're saying that was his career high. He just needed a fresh start and he got here. And I'm glad to have him here. Uh, his scoring may be important down the stretch when we get there get the conference play then I want to see what how he does in conference play versus you went against the powerhouse of the Big 12 now you, you're in the American Conference so it's a little bit lo- level, level lower so I want to see how you do um, in that game against Omaha Omaha outscored North Texas 38-33 to in the second half now majority of those points came off free throws North Texas fouled a lot over those games. Over those uh, games, they fouled a bunch, and there has to be something. There has to be something. That's why I said you got to keep players in front of you and not try to reach in so much. Not reaching so much. Also, a little bit of weakness is inside scoring. I know Saseko's got it, but we're not driving the bat- ball to the basket as much that I see. I think we set up there and we made our shots, but we got to be able to. We got to be able to make. We got to be able to mix it and drive to the basket as well. So, th- those are the biggest things that that I that I have to see. I have to see those two things. We got to drive to the basket, and we got to play solid defense. We got to make sure that we keep players in front of us and not behind us, and not make sure that we reach in so much to the point where we're reaching in, we won't be able to. They'll be at the free throw line. So, and then. Jason Edwards. I don't know where Jason Edwards came from. I'm I I I'm has, I'm I want I'm going to find information on him. But he's another player that's going to be really interesting 
down the stretch when we get there. Another player that can get his own shot. Another player that he can that is an outside threat. And he provides a little bit of point guard ability. So I do like to see. Yes, I think that's what North Texas is lacking. A point guard. I want to see players. I want to see play. I want to see the floor general control the floor. Put everybody in spots. All over the court. Not just the head coaches. So, I think this game was a tournament. So, they had a tournament this week against St. John's. And then whatever happens after that, happens after that. But we'll see what happens. Alright, so number two. Let's talk, to, let's talk about the women's play. Now, the women, they're 2-0. They're 2-1. They lost to A&M. 34 is 55 on Sunday. Jack Lamar again another solid game. 16 points and 16 points and 7 rebounds. Uh, she had 22 points against Gramley's Gramley, which congratulations to her. She hit her 2K 2,000 career point. Um, I mean that game against a and North Texas had, had a last luster first half to the point where the coach got a technical foul. Okay. And he was on the officials all day, all game long. To me, I try not to be on the officials all game long, but at the same time, at the same time, you got to coach your team. You got to let things go. Just let it go. Just let it go. Coach your team. And go from there. They outscored Texas A&M 33 to 25 in the second half. North Texas did. So North Texas used their presence. They understood what what A&M was giving to them, and they responded in the second half. But it wasn't enough to win the game. And we have amateur announcers that have no focus on the action. And I'm talking about the announcers for the A&M game. They have no knowledge of the game at all. They weren't focused. They weren't focused on the action. The action was moving left and right, right to left. And it's like, y'all are y'all talking about something else. Y'all are talking about something different. You try to... You Excuse me. You give A&M more praise than, than North Texas did. You know, it's interesting. North Texas scored 117 points against UNT Dallas. And I said, why are we celebrating to a, for a team that scored 117 points against a team that doesn't play defense? Why are we celebrating that? We can score, but we can't celebrate against a weaker opponent. UT Dallas is a new program. They know nothing about their players, know nothing about their program, all that stuff. It's new. They're getting acclimated to college basketball for the first time ever. What are we doing? Crazy North Texas scoring 117 points. It shouldn't be like that. It's just one game. 
score 117 points against UConn. Score 117 points against any other top 20 team. Then I will say, okay, we got a chance. Okay, we got uh, we got a great team. We don't have a great team yet. But who knows? Who knows? The reason why I... I, I saw some deficiencies in that game against Anna. And I said, we cannot continue to play like this uh, moving forward. Moving forward, we're not going to play like this. We won't. We won't because you know why? Because the other teams will kick our asses if we continue to play like that. We can't play like that. So... My other stuff here. So enough about they play Steve. I think they play Stephen M. Austin next. Yeah, they play. I, I think they. I can look it up while. Yeah. So I want to see they they play against Stephen M. Austin. So because maybe I can give you an, an, an insight of what this team is going to be like moving forward. I'm checking right here and I'm seeing okay so I'm checking right here what is the schedule I can write down the schedule it should be right here okay. so there's no schedule okay there is a schedule So their schedule looks to me. If I can move this down. Okay, hold on. Okay. Uh... Oh, look at that. They play against Stephen and Boston on Thursday. And then they got Southern Illinois on Sunday. So. They won't be in town till December first, and when they play against, they got a tournament around this year. When they play against Pepperdine, so again, that's another matchup that we have to watch out for. So, um, let's see what happens next week, and see they go against Stephen F. Austin and Southern Illinois. Let's see what happens. Alright, so let me get to my let me get to the James Harden stuff so number three. So James Harden, right? He got traded to the Clippers last week. And I said Philadelphia won this trade and Philadelphia and you see the reason why you see the results of the reason why the State Sixers won this trade. They said we don't want this cancer on our team. We don't want James Harden on our team. Jason Harden is selfish. And you get him, and you trade your whole, almost your entire roster to accommodate his needs. When would someone say James Harden is out of the league? When would someone say this? James Harden is the problem. 
he don't care about he don't care about being on a team. He cares about the diva lifestyle that he, he that he's living in right now. He only cares about that. He don't care about anybody else. He's not going to go to a team to make them better. To think it's going to work out. Like, how are you going to have four All-Stars in the lineup? Someone needs to take a back seat, which uh, my board op is not here. But, um, but I would say this about being on the bench. Being on the bench is, is not as bad. When your number is, when your number is called, you got to be there right away. When James Harden sits on the bench, you have to be focused, James. There's nothing, there's no, there's no, there's, it's not a problem sitting on the bench. It's just that that player is better. But if you work hard and get where you need to go, if you work hard and, and you, you do all the things right, James, you make your shots, you play a little bit of defense, then... The world is bright for you. You can go and you can go. The world is bright for you. You can go. You can make the starting lineup. But then again, I'm not in the Clippers Clippers space, so I don't know what their philosophy is. I know. I just know that Ty Lue has issues at his hands that he he can't he can't control, and that's okay. If he can't control it, then. Then it's it's kind of a, a a decent problem to have, but for now, let's play a clip from uh, Brian Demaris. Now, let me say this. Oh wait, I'll wait. I'll wait before I say it. But let's play a clip from from Brian Demaris, please. Ask the producer to pipe this into the Clippers locker room. If I can talk to you, James, I hope you're taking notes. I'm telling you in advance, you're welcome for the wisdom I'm about to spew. Because, listen, I get on my knees every night and pray for someone to believe in me like Daryl Borey believed in you. You wanted a certain coach, they brought in Mike D'Antoni. You want to play a certain style, they played it. You wanted Dwight Howard, they brought him in and got rid of him when you were tired of him. You wanted Chris Paul, they brought him in and got rid of him when you were tired of him. They brought in your old friend Russell Westbrook. You want to go to Vegas on off days? they looked away you wanted the team to stay over so you could go out at night they changed the schedule and it didn't work and you know what you said i'm gonna break up with my whoopee not good enough i see the bright lights in new york i want to go there my old pal kevin durant it's gonna work the big three and all after one year you wanted out you realized oh my gosh i took this guy for granted the guy that believed in me i went back with daryl morey they traded ben simmons for you how did they pull that off and you know what you went there and you got a partner who got the mvp he won the mvp and what did you say afterwards you said they didn't hand me the reins. You're the point guard. You're holding the reins. And what did you do when you had the reins? You scored nine points in game seven against Boston. You blew a 3-2 series lead. So they co- they fired their coach. Not good enough. You broke up with your guy believing you again. You said, the bright lights of L.A., that's where I want to go. Let's see if that works. Listen, James, have you ever had those friends who had bad roommates? Over and over they complained about their bad roommates. This guy's terrible, the bad roommate here. They never thought to be self-aware enough that they're the bad roommate. They're the problem. Hey, James, you're the problem. <laughs> if this doesn't work this year in this system with this team, then you're going to go and point fingers at everybody else 
and you're going to go back home and you're going to start swiping right for another team and there's not going to be anybody left because James you're not the beard you're not the system you're the problem oh oh and the mic drop Devin okay so for Bally Sports reps I need to play that clip again because they took it down last night from their airspace because they're so petty they don't want to learn the truth or I'm sorry know the truth of how James Harden has is so selfish is treat others with unkept uh, uh, un, I can't pronounce that word but they took that down yesterday because Bally Sports says it doesn't mean our standard what is your standard what is your standard is your standard um, pleasing the audience is your standard uh, providing more sports content because you haven't done that you haven't done either and then you charge $20 a month to watch your crap Yes, to watch the Stars, to watch the Rangers, to watch the Mavericks. Every single year, you have done nothing but money grab people. But yet, you took you take that down because somebody's telling you the truth. Charlemagne says the best. Nobody cares about the truth, but the lie the lie is more entertaining. So you want someone to lie to y'all saying that James Harden is the greatest player of all time? You want him to say that? I'm not saying it because he's garbage to me. He's not the same guy that I saw in Houston that was going for 20, 25 points a night. That played his own style of basketball. That's dribbling around shooting a, bat, a, bat, a, a three every possession. But now it's about... Going from one team to another team to another team to another team to come to that year. Let's play that clip again, please. I, I want Ballard to hear this. Ask the producer to pipe this into the Clippers locker room. If I can talk to you, James, I hope you're taking notes. I'm telling you in advance, you're welcome for the wisdom I'm about to spew. Because, listen, I get on my knees every night and pray for someone to believe in me. Like Daryl Borey believed in you. You wanted a certain coach, they brought in Mike D'Antoni. You want to play a certain style, they played it. You wanted Dwight Howard, they brought him in and got rid of him when you were tired of him. You wanted Chris Paul, they brought him in and got rid of him when you were tired of him. They brought in your old friend Russell Westbrook. You want to go to Vegas on off days, they looked away. You wanted the team to stay over so you could go out at night, they changed the schedule. And it didn't work. And you know what? You said... I'm going to break up with my Whoopi. Not good enough. I see the bright lights in New York. I want to go there. My old pal, Kevin Durant. It's going to work. The big three. And all after one year, you wanted out. You realized, oh my gosh, I took this guy for granted. The guy that believed in me. I went back with Daryl Morey. They traded Ben Simmons for you. How did they pull that off? And you know what? You went there and you got a partner who got the MVP. He won the MVP. And what did you say afterwards? You said, they didn't hand me the reins. You're the point guard. You were holding the reins. And what did you do when you had the reins? You scored nine points in game seven against Boston. You blew a 3-2 series lead. So they co they fired their coach. Not good enough. You broke up with the guy believing you again. You said, the bright lights of L.A., that's where I want to go. Let's see if that works. Listen, James, have you ever had those friends who had bad roommates? Over and over, they complained about their bad roommates. This guy's terrible. The bad roommate here. 
They never thought to be self-aware enough that they're the bad roommate. They're the problem. Hey, James, you're the problem. If this doesn't work this year in this system with this team, then you're going to go and point fingers at everybody else, and you're going to go back home, and you're going to start swiping right for another team, and there's not going to be anybody left. Because, James, you're not the beard. You're not the system. You're the problem. Oh, oh, and the mic drop, Devin. <laughs> so, anyways, I will say this. James Harden is the problem. He doesn't care about anybody but himself. And I remember last year when he went to Las Vegas to go do whatever he wants to go do. Let him go do whatever he wants to go do. Because obviously he clearly doesn't care about basketball. They had to find a lineup for you to go play against. You were taking away... uh, You were taking away... Tyrese Maxey's minutes which by the way the brothers scored 50 plus points the other night thank you James you should thank James for that Tyrese he took your game away he said you know what we're going to make James Harden our number one point guard when is the last time James Harden has passed the ball it was after Houston but when he when he has some superstars you passed the ball then. But now, it's about you. It's about how this team integrates. It's a buddy-buddy system now. Everybody's playing for a buddy-buddy. Everybody's holding hands and um, and say, we're going to loggy-gag to win, win 50 games a year. That ain't going to happen. No one's building a championship winning franchise anymore. And, and, and Denver is the only one. Denver is the only team in the National Basketball League that is building a championship type of atmosphere. Clippers are not. Clippers have said, you know what? Let's trade this player. Let's trade this player. And get this guy, James Harden. James Harden does not care about basketball but himself. James Harden cares about going to going to places that 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 other te- other players have said no to. Let's wait for the offseason to make that happen. But instead, you go to you go to that place, you score nine points a game. I'm not trying to bash strip clubs. I'm not trying to bash a player's lifestyle. If that's your lifestyle, go. I, I honestly like going to strip clubs, honestly. But but when there's a game on the line, when it's, it's, like, it's like taking a test. When you have a test, the most important thing of your life that could tra- transform your career, you're not going to have a party. You're not going to go to a strip club and then produce an F the next day. You're not going to do that. You know, a couple of my friends, right? When I was doing CG prelims, they had a little dinner, okay? And I said to myself, why are we preparing a dinner before our biggest competition in our lives? We're trying to go to the finals. We're not trying to go backwards. We're not trying to uh, stuff our faces for eating comp- for, for something else. We're trying to go to a finals. In James Harden's case, you rather do that and then 
produced only nine points. You're not Dennis Rodman. Dennis Rodman came and did his job. James Harden did not. Joel Embiid was trying to find, trying to be polite as he can to find to protect your ass. And this is what the things that he said in the offseason. He said he was going to he said he wasn't going to produce. Or along the lines that said that said he may leave. If the Sixers are not uh, don't care about a championship, he may leave. Which I do think the Sixers care about a championship, but you can't have that cancer field in your locker room. It's not gonna work out like that. You can't let it work like that. You gotta be able to go through those motions. James has to say, you know what? I have to sacrifice. I have to sacrifice myself. These players came before me. Russell Westbrook was an anchor that came before me. Kawhi Leonard came before me. Paul George, believe it or not, Paul George and Kawhi Leonard are playing together right now. And let's see what happens come March, January. January don't miss a game. Don't miss a game. Maybe both of them will miss a game. But they don't have time to miss games because you trade your whole entire roster to get one player in return. Well, I can't I can't dispute PJ Tucker, but they got PJ Tucker in return as well. So, so my thing is, here's my thing. James Harden needs to decide what's best for him. Is it playing basketball or doing what you want to do that's the easy the second thing is easy because you can just hang it up today and not have a team sign you or maybe go play overseas which is not it's not a bad thing it's not a bad thing playing overseas like Dwight Howard is playing overseas right now it's not a bad thing what he's doing over there now it's just it's just it's just enough and here's another thing let's play a clip the last clip of the day where Kendrick Perkins and Zach Lowe said James Harden should come off the bench. Let's play that clip, please. We're talking about politeness, rudeness. Everyone's laughing because Ty Lue accidentally swore. Oh, several all, times. All that stuff is cute. <laughs> the thing he said that actually mattered was we can't walk around on offense. Yep. That's the whole oh. thing. The oh, moment oh, they yeah. traded for James Harden and put everyone in these roles and everyone's yeah, talking yeah. about, I'm willing to sacrifice, yeah. I'm the system, I can do this, I can do that, I'm willing to do whatever it takes to win. What it takes to win now that they have these four guys together is you got to work together, you got to cut hard, you got to screen hard, you got to actually do these yeah, things. Right. And they're going station to station, walking around, and they're not going to win until that changes. And I have a proposal. Yes. Would you like to hear my proposal? Yeah. Say I'm, it. I'm always a little afraid. Say it. I think James Harden should come off the bench. Ooh. I think James Harden oh. should be the Los Angeles Clippers sixth man, at least temporarily, because with all four of them together, it's not working. <laughs> with Russ, PG, and Kawhi together, it looks actually pretty good. Let James Harden come off the bench, bring Zubats back with him, so they can run pick and roll with shooting yeah. around them. Maybe you catch a rhythm this way, and you can revisit it down the road, whether you want to start him or not. But yeah. everyone's talking about Russ for Terrence Mann as the substitution. Maybe it's James Harden for Terrence Mann. Just an idea. Somewhere I'm throwing Russell out free ideas. It was, it was his birthday. Uh, chicken, waffles, gravy, <laughs> all my ideas. Get Wait, him out there. They're not going to do that, Zach Lowe. 
They're not gonna do that. You, you and me both, they're not gonna do that. They'll do it when, when, when they're, uh, when they're out of playoff contention. That may be back, that may be in, at the end of December. But they're not gonna do it right now. They're not gonna do it. What, you know what they're gonna do, Zach? What they're gonna do is they're, they're gonna put James Harden at the one. They're gonna put Paul George at the, well, maybe Paul or, or Kawhi at two or three. Then they're gonna put Man at four, and they're gonna put Zubox at five. So, anytime they're getting killed in the pick and roll game, or any one player in particular, they're going to kick Zubox out of the lineup, put Man at five, and then put whoever comes off the bench at four, and then James Harden will still be in the game. And what and what value does he provide? Nothing. I knew I, I remember the time last week that he threw a pass way over the um, way over way over like the pass was was high. He hit the hit Iron Eagle. He he caught it. So just imagine having a pass at the at the other end of the corner and throwing it five rows deep and then having the announcer catch it. That's how bad life is for James Harden. Playing basketball. He's not in the right space to play. Heck, you can't even beat the Memphis Grizzlies. The Memphis Grizzlies are two and eight of the season. They beat they, they won their second game because of you. They have no Morant, no Steven Adams. But Desmond Bain and JJ are carrying them. Then possessions are not consistent. They don't have any great possessions. The um, improvement will be finding a way for somebody to come through. And I don't think it's John Morant. Somebody else has to come through in that lineup. And it can't be Marcus Smart because Marcus Smart is not a scorer. But let's hear from Taylor Jenkins. He was criticizing the officials on Friday. And this warned him a 25K fine which I don't agree with players or coaches getting fined. If an official made a mistake, he or she should pinpoint that mistake, should correct it moving forward. And the, and, and the NBA Players Association and the Referee Association should come to agreement and look at the film and see how many calls they miss and to educate their officials, hey, look at this play. Look at that play. Instead of doing the easiest thing in the book is to find the coaches. I got your backs, players and coaches. If you want to criticize the official, then go ahead. But I don't think that should be fine for, for comments. Now, if it goes over the line, then yes. But this wasn't over the line. Let's play that clip from Taylor Jenkins, please. Obviously, <clears throat> uh, you know, a lot of calls that ended up not going your way in this game just how would you describe you know the feeling between yourself and the team you know when a game kind of plays out that way sure uh saddle up uh one of the most poorly officiated games i've ever seen recorded i'm fine with it fucking atrocious jaron jackson plays 23 minutes and is in the paint all night he's one of the most professional players in this league and gets a double technical foul. And the, the excuse I get is that he's charging at an official. It's called de-escalation. 29 free throws to 13. And I'm not that coach. 
You can go back in the history, I've done this one other time. Our team is competing their asses off. Competing their asses off. And this is what happens. The interactions right now with the officials, complete disrespect. I know what's coming. <laughs> it's unbelievable the looks on the faces when I'm trying to engage in conversation to defend our guys that are busting their tail right now. Busting their tail. And Jaron Jackson's one of the most professional guys. And if you go watch the play, two possessions in a row, he gets hacked underneath the basket, zero free throw attempts. I'm not trying to put a name on a jersey, and this guy should earn these fouls and all that stuff. Watch the game. 29 free throws to basically like there was seven. And then at the end of the game, a few more added. I don't understand it when guys are competing their tails off. And we got stuff we can clean up. Sometimes we're grabbing, we're holding, and one's like, oh, man, here. In the heat of the battle, when conversations are trying to be had, notices trying to be made on things that are happening, and there's not the enforcement of it. It blows my mind. What are we doing here? What are we doing? Our guys are competing their tails off. we got to play better. we got to coach better. we got to play better. But I don't get tonight whatsoever. Again, I'm going to go back to the interactions. Stern. Nothing. Stonewall. Ignoring. And then you wonder why our guys are trying to compete. I don't get it. So, anyways. Uh, yeah, you heard from Taylor Jenkins. Like I said, I don't agree with the officials getting fine. Educate the officials of what needs to what needs to be done. And for the Memphis Grizzlies, they're two and eight. Like I said, John Morant's not going to help this basketball team. Those players that you have on the court are going to be uh, are are going to be better off. The players that you that you have on the court right now, they're going to be they're going to help y'all. They're going to help y'all. But John Morant, when he comes back, I'm not even going to worry about that. There's other things we need to worry about. But this is not one. Alright guys. That's all I have for today. It was a lot. It was a late show, but we forgive everyone. So let's talk about it next week. Uh basketball and football as always. Uh we'll definitely dive in. Well actually, maybe you know what? We may dive into the Washington Commanders matchup. If the Panthers can blow out well if if the Cowboys and Panthers are blown out if it, that's a blowout game we'll definitely dive into the watch definitely dive into the watching game for sure and then uh, let's talk about some college football let's see what 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 has happened and then we'll finish it up with the NBA and we may, we may have a guess but nonetheless guys let's um, let's talk about it all next week. It's uh, Fishbowl Raiders Beyond the Game Podcast. Make sure you're subscribed to wherever you need to subscribe at. And, uh, yeah, I'll see y'all next week. Take care, everyone. Love each other.
Hey world, this is Jamie, host of the Jamie and Jenty Show. Broadcasting live each week on Tuesday at 12 p.m. from Fishbowl Studios. Log on to hear sports talk from basketball to football and view your feedback on the biggest sports news you want to talk about from around the world. So be sure to log on each week Tuesdays at 12 p.m. to catch the Jamie and Jenty Show. Hope to see you soon on Fishbowl Radio Network. Jump in. 